Well, the Public Health Agency of Canada today said via social media that COVID-19 restrictions at the border will remain in place for at least another month. That includes those restrictions in place at Canadian airports, including vaccine mandates and random COVID-19 tests. Now, we've talked a lot about delays at airports these days. Airlines aren't happy. The Canadian Airports Council is not happy. They're blaming massive delays at customs across the country on the pandemic measures, as well as an insufficient number of staff. The staff is harder to fix, obviously because you need to hire new people. In some cases, the lineups have been so long that airports can't physically contain them, so passengers are being held on the tarmac and let off in small groups. For example, and I want to thank John Iveson at the National Post for this day because he reported these numbers. Uh, in April, the Greater Toronto Airports Authority said it held 2,204 planes from abroad on the tarmac versus just eight in the same period pre-pandemic, imagine. Well, last week we spoke to Peter Serta of the International Air Transport Association, or IATA, the organization that represents some 290 airlines worldwide. Here's what he's asking the federal government to do. Simplifying the the current uh, uh, COVID um, uh, procedures or policies that we have in place. We we have to uh, get to a point now with the Canadian government uh, to eliminate what is left over some of these policies that really, at this point in time, really don't make any sense. Well, that's not happening. At least not just yet. One Liberal MP today broke ranks, Nate Erskine-Smith of the Toronto area on social media, saying nothing about the re-evaluation of travel-related measures has been transparent. He said there's been no adequate justification for the continued two-dose vaccine mandate, for example, and that public health officials have said repeatedly since the Omicron variant hit in late 2021 that the virus was more adept at transmitting between vaccinated people than its predecessors. Well, to look at all of this, joining me now is John Graddick. He's an aviation industry expert and faculty lecturer in supply chain logistics, operations, and integrated aviation management at McGill University in Montreal. John, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, it's a pleasure, Ben. So uh, there's been a lot of pressure. I mean, it always struck me. I mean, the reason we interviewed uh, the gentleman from, from IATA last week is that when IATA gets involved, and they're in Montreal where you are, when IATA gets involved, you know, airlines are upset. Um, were you surprised that uh, that the public health agency continued these restrictions today? Well, I am somewhat surprised. I think that uh, there, there, there has been a lot of discussion over the last uh, month or so about loosening up some of these restrictions and looking at reducing the... Uh, the overhead associated with traveling. And, you know, a number of countries uh, in Europe and in Asia basically have lifted some of these restrictions. But, you know, there are still a number of countries and still a number of jurisdictions that still require some level of, uh, of control and some level of validation of vaccinations. And Canada happens to be one of those. I guess the U.S. as well, right? I mean, there's still there. There are restrictions right. there still as yeah, well. US, so it... it you want to travel to the U.S., you need to show you know a PCR test before you board an airplane to go into the U.S. So Canada is not alone. Uh, John, you're you're an expert in both supply chain logistics and aviation management, so you understand how how logistics works. Uh, do you think that um, do you buy that that these that these continued um, these these regulations that are in place are at the root of this problem, or is it really a staffing issue? Because it's hard to tell. Well, I, th- I think it's a staffing issue more than anything else. I think those these regulations have been around for quite a while. They're not, they're not something that showed up last week. We've been doing these things for months. Uh, so it's not an, an unknown quantity. It's not a new work content that's being foisted on our staff at the airport. I think it's just the volume of passengers and the number of flights 
has reached a point where, you know, they are, you know, breaking the system down. There, there are so many people flying and so many aircraft operating that the airports are not uh, equipped and not resourced to the level of handling all of those passengers and aircraft, uh, given the workload that they have to do to meet all of these requirements. So, you know, yeah, the choice is either you reduce the requirements or increase the staff levels. And those are the only two choices you have. And one isn't happening yet, and the other is going to take time, I guess, because you can't just yeah. sort of throw people into those jobs, right? Right. And I think, you know, it takes, you know, to train somebody to be a CATS employee is months, you know, and, and I wouldn't want to have anybody, you know, reduce the, uh, the training requirements. No. I've heard people talk about in the last couple of days, reduce the training requirement and get these people at the airport sooner. Well, you know, that's not going to happen. I think that, you know, we, we have to make sure that CATS is a very important element of aviation safety in Canada, and uh, we have some very exacting standards that these people have to meet. And the same thing with CBSA uh, on arrivals. That, you know, these are the guardians uh, of Canada's security on the on the arrival side of it. So, you know, these people are playing very important roles, and I, I would rather not have these people shorten their training to make sure that, you know, we are not deteriorating the level of security both outbound and inbound into Canada. The one thing I will say, though, and I agree with Nader Skin-Smith on this one, the MP from the Toronto area, is that there really hasn't been much discussion about this. I mean, it hasn't been talked about. And really, with so many industry uh, organizations pointing towards at least some of these uh, requirements uh, surrounding back, you know, the pandemic uh, as being a problem, it's it's strange how little we've been talking about it. Because really, they're saying this is the problem. The government's saying, meh. We're just going to leave these in place for another month. So it feels like we're about to hit some sort of crisis point because the airlines seem to be deeply unhappy. The airports aren't happy. And that can't be a good sign either, John. No, you're right. I, mean, I think that, you know, there, there, there is a lack of transparency, um, you know, in these, in these discussions and both from the airlines and airports perspective as well as the government. And I think that, you know, we are owed as Canadians, uh, an open and frank and transparent discussion and dialogue with the authorities as to why they're maintaining some of these practices and what's the timeline to basically remove them. And I think that, you know, they made the decision today to extend it to June 30th is interesting. You know, why June 30th? You know, what is it about the next 30 days that, that really is in somebody's line of sight as being a potential problem? You know, why not June 15th, why not July 15th, you know? So these numbers and these dates are being bandied around and the rationale for some of these dates um, doesn't make much sense to me. And I think that there's a need for some science and some public health discussion and dialogue and debate, open dialogue and debate to understand what exactly is planning and what's going on. It would certainly help clear the air a bit, uh, no pun intended, uh, because there is a lot of blame going around now about who's who's responsible for these long lineups. You have angry airlines, unhappy employees, unhappy CATSA employees, unhappy uh, CBSA employees, and certainly unhappy passengers, both those coming to visit and those trying to go elsewhere, which is never a good sign. Uh, I was going to... Uh, Nexus is an interesting one because if you were trying to speed up that process by getting yourself a Nexus pass, which essentially allows you to clear customs a little faster, that's been a problem too, a, a huge, huge backlog. Uh, John, I mean, again, for someone who knows both logistics and aviation, it feels like no one was prepared for the fact that everyone was going to want to travel again. And that seems pretty, it seemed pretty simple to figure out. Yeah, it, it, you know, in a, in, a, in a harsh light of hindsight, yeah, you know, they should have done this months ago. 
Um, you know, but remember that, you know, the airlines basically have been, you know, holding back on capacity until they felt comfortable that most of the restrictions were taken away and that people were, you know, looking to fly. You know, remember that, you know, you still need double vaccination. You still need to wear masks. You still need the URIAD CAN app. And people are still going on airplanes. Those airplanes we're flying today are full. So notwithstanding the level of constraints that we have today with regulations, people are flying. And that is a surprise to me and mostly to the airlines that, you know, they're, they're throwing a lot of capacity out there and it's being chewed up by people getting on airplanes and going across Canada, going internationally. So this is a surprise. And I yeah. think that the airlines are pleasantly surprised. Uh, and, they're, and they're very happy to, to, to generate all of this revenue. Problem is, the rest of the systems just weren't ready for that, and it takes months to get these people trained. So, yeah, it's going to take months. We're in this for probably until September. Uh, so the summer peak is going to require passengers to have a lot more patience and be kind to each other and uh, not to uh, take it out and on the employees. Right. I, I'll let you listen to the uh, to Omar Al-Gabra. He was talking, he was the transport minister, was asked about this again in Parliament uh, yesterday about this nexus issue. I know how frustrating delays at airports have been for Canadians and travellers. It's something that we're taking very seriously. Mr. Speaker, we're witnessing similar phenomena across the world. Airports all over the world are experiencing this, but we are taking action. So, uh, I mean, he, he's kind of in a tough spot, isn't he? Because there's not much he can really do. And the only thing that potentially they could have done is maybe tried to loosen up some of these uh, some of these COVID rules to at least make the airlines and the airports happy. But uh, that's not going to happen. Um, do you see any, again, so I guess September. So, I mean, you're right. It's going to take a while to at least hire enough people. Uh, or maybe this huge wave of people running to get back on planes will start to lessen a little bit as time goes on. I, you know, I think that, you know, we use the term, you know, revenge travel as you know, in being facetious in terms of everybody all of a sudden wanting to travel as a result of the pandemics, you know, loosening on, on our on our lives. And I think that, you know, what we're seeing is, yeah, there's a revenge travel is there, uh, but we're not ready. We weren't ready, uh, and we still aren't in terms of the whole system required to support all of this demand. So thank you, Canada, for flying. Uh, but, you know, it's going to take us a few months to make sure that we've got all of our ducks in order to make sure that uh, at least we have some semblance of getting back to normal. I'm speaking with John Graddock. He's an aviation industry expert and faculty lecturer in integrated aviation management uh, and logistics operations at McGill University in Montreal. After this, we'll talk about it's a big day for Flair Airlines tomorrow. Big announcement we're expecting, and we'll talk about that after this. This half hour, I'm speaking with John Gradick, an aviation industry expert and faculty lecturer uh, in integrated aviation management, amongst other things, at McGill University in Montreal. Uh, John, you've talked about this uh, already uh, the, the past little while. Flair Airlines, it's one of the biggest budget carriers in the country. They're having a big press conference tomorrow. What's this all about? Is, is there any chance they may not be able to continue to fly in this country? Oh, there's always that chance, but I doubt very much well, that that will happen tomorrow. There's, a, there's an issue that you know, Flair has been... Uh, suspected of um, violating some of the conditions of its airline operating certificate uh, that uh, requires them to have, um, you know, a limit in terms of the financial weight that any shareholder, a foreign shareholder, can have in the, in the financial structure of a company. And it seems that the CTA, the Canadian Transportation Agency, did an investigation and did, in fact, find 
that a foreign investor in um, Flair had gone over the limit in terms of the total financial uh, considerations that were due to this foreign investor. And that's in violation of the rules. And CTA uh, has the power to, in fact, uh, ask Flair to justify it, change its way of doing business. And if that doesn't work, they have the power to suspend the license. So tomorrow, a press conference, of course, from Flair. So I imagine they're going to announce what it is they've decided or what it is the CTA found and what it is they're going to do about it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm not sure whether that press conference, you know, is really going to have that much of a of a, of a data to work with. I think the CTA doesn't make a big deal of some of these decisions about how it decides to work. It, you know, sometimes it doesn't call a press conference or anything like that. It just publishes something on their website, and you have to, as a you know, as a member of the public, find it and, and interpret. So, you know, I'm not sure what Mr. Jones and the rest of the executive team at Flair are going to be talking about tomorrow. But um, you know, it'll, it'll take a while for us to kind of go through that decision and really understand what that decision means and what the implications are for Flair. Is, is this uh, abnormal? Uh, I mean, obviously the ownership rules have their own reasonings, right? But uh, yeah. is, is, this, is, this, is this abnormal? Well, it's, it's not the first time this has happened. I think, you know, the, the, the CTA has, in fact, shut down carriers in the past for such violations. I think if I remember correctly, uh, there was an airline a few years ago by the name of Greyhound Airways that, you know, got caught in the same situation where they were caught in violation of some of the provisions uh, of their airline operating certificate. And the CTA basically enacted a, a suspension, an immediate suspension of their operating license. I'm not saying that you know, the, the extent of Flair's violation may not be as extensive as it was with Greyhound, but, you know, the CTA does have the power to, in fact, you know, enforce the rules that are in place for, you know, for airline operating certificates. Uh, and they ask Transport Canada to basically lift that certificate. The airline is essentially grounded. So that'll be up to the CTA tomorrow to make the announcement. But not what you're expecting, at least. Uh, that would be, that, it's, no, it's, that sounds like a pretty harsh option for, for an airline oh. that still has sold a lot of tickets, I think. <laughs> Well, no, I, that's why I, say I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think there's a, there's a, yeah. there's some there's an issue that's surrounding this one. Is that you know while this discussion was taking place between Flair and the CTA to kind of solve this outstanding you know operating issues, um, CT, the the Flair basically asked the Minister of Transport to basically give um, give Flair 18 months to, to clear up its financial picture and to basically. Um, with, you know, hold back the CTA from its decision on the license suspension uh, while, C- while Flair is trying to get its act together financially. So, you know, complicating the CTA decision is the minister's, is this document, is this request from Flair sitting on the minister's desk that, you know, is saying, please give us 18 months to clear up our act and then we'll be, in, we'll be fully compliant with the CTA at that period in time. So they're asking for 18 months worth of of liberty to basically uh, clean up their financial situation. And the rest of the industry in Canada and most of the players in, in aviation are not very happy with that because, you know, the industry has been around for 110 years and they all follow the rules. And now we have this, uh, you know, this new carrier that's decided, oh, we're not going to follow the rules. We're going to do it our own way. We'll ask for forgiveness rather than ask for permission. And, you know, they've got, you know, themselves wrapped on the knuckles. So, the industry is not very happy with, you know, the way this is evolving. And if there's going to be an extension, uh, it might 
cause a lot of, uh, or might cause some, some noise to be made by the industry to saying Canadian regulations um, are being flaunted by Flair and uh, why should we, as an industry, you know, respect those regulations if you're going to let guys like Flair do what they did. So there are some implications and some risk associated with this. I guess we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out more tomorrow, John. Thank you so much for your time tonight. My pleasure, Ben. Have a great day. Take care. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.